If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to this edition of a completely unnecessary podcast for the new year, January 2nd, Tuesday, 2018. We're here. We're ringing in the new year with a fresh slate. We feel both of us feel fresh and ready to go. We are like lemon fresh, both of us. Um, That's Ian Ferguson. Yeah. I'm Pat Country. It's a new year, everyone. Let all acquaintances be forgot. I always want to forget who you know. Let all acquaintances be forgot. I mean, I want to remember people, don't you? Yeah. um, Or it just means wipe the slate clean. I guess we we have a clean slate. You You gave me a hug Christmas Eve. You felt you felt that must mean I'm in really bad shape. If you feel the need to give me a hug, I did. You, <laughs> I really felt the need to give you a hug. That's that's rare. The Ian Pat hugs happen maybe once a year or once every fourteen months. So I, I described your look in harsh terms last night, but it was only to, who? to you. What did you tell? What did you say? Um, you looked like Gollum with a wig. <laughs> You, you looked real bad, dude. How do I look right now? I look a little bit better. I, I look like 10% better. Pasty Pat. The color's coming back slowly. Yeah, so. I mean... Pasty. I, I, can't, I do look pasty. Your skin's opaque again. <laughs> so, I, so the reason I feel like trash, <laughs> mentally and physically, is I've been moving out of my place. If you've listened to the Not So Common Podcast, I record it from my new... The the country castle we'll call it Castle Country. <laughs> no. Why is your water eight feet away? By the way, in case you got to reach I'm for just gonna it. Bring all my drinks over. Let's, let's just like have everything spaced out around the room. Yeah. So whereas this is a professional podcast, kind of. But we are four and a half years in. We are. So we anyway, have, we have sponsors. We got one this time out. If you want a sponsor, send me an email. Um, but I I'm in the middle of the move. I got all the stuff out of my condo. I've been literally moving for like. A week and a half, every day getting shit out of there. You saw me the day after I moved, and I was Christmas not. Christmas Eve. Well, I was watching Hugh Hauser. Hugh Hauser. I, I showed him his first episode of Hugh Hauser. I was everyone. amazed watching Tubis play, and Hugh was very earnest. It was a Tubis and, Christmas. And I was like, you know what? He's kind of making this interesting. Like, he's. He does. It's, it's an infectious sort of earnestness that I was like, oh, I want to learn about people Hugh- playing. Christmas on the Christmas, Christmas melodies on the tuba. It's like I told you, he just kind of like finds something. Someone passed something. On, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go do that. Back when he was alive, God rest his soul. Oh, I didn't know he was dead. Spoilers. Dead in 2013. Fuck you, then. Hey, yeah, de- yeah. Now I'm introduced to someone. Now it's pain. But he, but he he dedicated his entire life work to uh, Chapman University, and all of his uh, shows are for free. Oh, you can go visit his old library. Okay, it's great. Is there a statue of him somewhere? Uh, no, but right. John and I will make that happen. Here's the point. 
The point is. The point is, I looked like Gollum with a wig. Big. He didn't see me the day before when I could barely walk. I did not. So, that was not a fun time in my life, but it's getting better. The uh, Ian will be over one time for, for crackers and cheese, and we'll do that. And I'm I'll show looking him. forward to it. I have a whole podcasting studio we're going to have. We're going to soft. We're going to soft. This is going to be we're going to do the Force Awakens. We're going to do a soft reboot of the podcast, and we'll have a nicer table and layout. And, you know, maybe you guys will listen to us again. We, we can't cover any non gaming topics, though, like that good old uh, Logan Paul fellow. By the way. This, this we can talk about whatever we want in the podcast. Some people were some people were bitching about Doctor Disrespect. Like, who is that? I explained at the top of the topic who it was, but we can talk about whatever thing tangentially related to YouTube or anything we want. It's your decision whether or not to listen to us still or click on it. But just laying it all down right at the yeah, top of the it's hour. A, it's a new year. It's a new year. So there you go. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so Logan Paul in. Well, just real quickly about. Um, uh, Honestly, really, that's going to be a topic that's real tough for me not, to laugh at. Not a topic, but I mean, it's just it's just an unfortunate another time. Logan Paul uploads a video, uh, the, the suicide forest on the on the footsteps of Mount Fuji in Japan. Thinks it's a good idea to take some video of a guy who hung himself and laugh about it and do sake shots and upload it. And then there was major backlash. You get to take it down. I I uh, it I mean, obviously, what he did was awful. I've talked about mental health a lot on here, and I'm just going to not get off the rails with that right now. And, uh, I mean, most people have been listening. No, my message on that, there's always a place you can reach out. Um, what Logan Paul did was disgusting. Uh, to disrespect the man and his family was disgusting. To go further and then then try to twist it into uh, raising awareness was really disgusting, but was... I yeah, mean, even sicker to me was that he could sit there, edit it, <coughs> look at these pictures, and not have any problems. I mean, the, the, and the whole team is there, by the way, yeah, laughing, the and all his little cadre of little assholes around. Um, one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Oh, then, uh, then of course, to raise awareness, you have to tag it. Found the dead body as a title, you know, in the title of the video. Right, and uh, don't that's, forget there was a hashtag for comedy in the original posting oh, of the video. Was too. there? Yeah, there was. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, uh, but I'm sure his. Uh, that was screen cap. I'm sure the uh, the <laughs> the denizens that follow him, all the teeny boppers. I'm sure they, you know, they probably took it to heart that this was a. Oh no, they probably thought, hey, we 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 deify this fucking. Disney Tiger Beat, uh, you know, white bread guy, and so he can do no wrong in their eyes. And that's really what comes down to me whenever these YouTubers do this. They have preteen and teenage fans that don't have the intellectual maturity to understand what the fuck they're seeing. Well, and I don't and know then, who this person is, but I did some research. I mean, I did look into their, like, Twitter account, at least, and look. Yeah. They're, they're like a Tiger Beat that's exactly you, what they YouTuber. are. They, they, they don't exist for people above the age of like 15. They're, they're boys good, and girls. They're good looking, white, blonde boys that 20 years ago would be on magazine covers with that, Joey Lawrence. That a 12 year old wants to be, a 12 year old dude wants, you know, yeah. that, that the stereotypical, you know, 12 year old either wants to be or wants to be with. Yes. So the point is this. These are guys now in their 20s, both of them. The other one got in trouble. He was the one that, that, trash his house in that neighborhood and the, the cops were called Jake Paul. Yeah. The whole point is, the whole point is these are people that are in, in like the YouTube year rewind. They're the face of your company. So when this shit happens and this is newsworthy, by the way, I don't want to hear the YouTuber say whatever PewDiePie was doing before wasn't newsworthy. They're not saying that th- at this time they're, they're kind of silent, which is weird. It's newsworthy with any, when any huge ass YouTuber 
does shit like this, it's going to be talked about in the mainstream, and it, and it comes down. Oh, it down. already is. Yeah. I was like just. It was like number one with, trending on Twitter. I don't know how to use a fucking phone, so like I'll flip around <laughs> on my phone, and I accidentally flipped into the news you don't section. Know how to use a phone. No, I don't. And I flipped into the news section, and it was in the news section, just like of my phone. Like it was making popular yes. news. Yeah, this is someone with 15 million subscribers, and again, this is someone who's influential. This is someone that's a face of YouTube. Day one, 2018. They want. They want it already. No, day day one. Oh, day one. Day. One twenty, but, but this affects you, and it yes. affects me because now well, it's. I'm not ad- really worried about that at this point. I just think well, it's gross. But it's apocalypse. It's more advertisers saying, "What the fuck is this?" If you don't think there's a day coming out there, as looking to the viewers, when there's okay. going to be when there's going to be standards and practices for yeah. for YouTubers, it's a coming. Sure, you're going to get to the point where I'm not going to say it's going to be everyone, but if you reach a certain level, there might be an agreement put in place. Just like a TV show where, okay, you put out content, guess what? It's got to be pre-approved before that shit goes online to prevent this garbage from happening. Yeah. Because it makes the whole platform looks bad. It makes advertisers skittish, and rightfully so. Like, there's, well, he didn't Can monetize. Can you imagine having he, your well, ad the, in well, front well, of the that? Big, the big save was like, oh, he didn't monetize. No, doesn't matter. Better. He still gets a shine off people seeing his channel and other viewers and selling his merch and his whole brand. So I don't give a shit okay, if this yeah, one video wasn't monetized. There's a merch ad and, you know, in the, in the, in the uh, thing. And, and and the pu- publicity, if you want to go that far off of this bullshit. And, and the, so, the fucking apology was one. It, was honestly, I, I don't want to try to place. The apology was a. Uh, was heartbreaking to fucking read because it's so apparent how much this fucker does not care about people. No. It was all about him. Uh, I mean, if I could award the award, uh, heart like a sewage pump. Uh, I mean, the guy's just... Oh, someone's going to start editing an hour video to say that. I know. He's going to find the charity he did five years ago. Uh, My... My my words have power. Anyways, but um, <laughs> that'll be a furry a feline. Is going to do that video. I, I, this guy is just ridiculous. So well, I mean, it goes back to the, it. it goes back to the young narcissistic YouTuber that never had a real goddamn job, and they get this fame. They have no one telling them, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't do that." They just have a bunch of followers, and then this shit comes out every once in a while. Yeah, it goes back to Felix. It goes back to other YouTubers doing things. They get into trouble. And it has consequences, unfortunately, for all of us. So that's all I'm going to say ab- about that. I mean, it's almost universal condensation. Even, condensation. Condensation? Condensation. <laughs> universal condemnation. Universal even, condensation. Even, even people that try to twist it that, oh, the Wall Street Journal shouldn't report on PewDiePie having a litany of anti-Semitic jokes. Even they're like, okay, this is going too far. Like, So it's not, you know, it's not translating well. His personalities. But he's going to be okay. Unless unless YouTube throws him off the platform, he'll still be doing his Oh, no. Blocks. He's a white blonde boy. He's good. So, all right. So, that we're going to be ended on. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to be at, uh, before we get into it, I'll be at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, January 20th and 21st. Use code CU Podcast and save 10% on tickets. And that's at SoCalRetroGamingExpo.com. Yeah, wow. Okay, forgot that that was the intro. Um, now we're into our topics. I guess that turned into a topic. But uh, so Kotaku ran an article this year, um, and I've actually had people approach me about this already is the funny thing. Before uh, this article? 
Uh, no. Uh, well, I don't know if it... I, I'm going to guess it was spawned by this article. So the article is Vintage Game Retailers say it's, N64 was their hottest holiday seller. Right. From, from Cecilia D'Anstagio from Kotaku. And I don't know who it was, but I, I definitely had a friend or two approach me about it after reading this, and they asked me. They said, was this true for you? So basically the article is simply about how... Uh, and it's a more interesting article in this light how their independent video game stores um, like Luna and Video Games New York and a couple of the other ones that are mentioned in here. Um, I, you know, I don't mind popping a couple of their names. I just don't remember them. Yeah, if you see them, Pat. Oh, uh, 8-Bit and Up. I don't know, other stores. Um, they've noticed that there has been a kind of a slow shift, I think, from the hot Christmas systems being Nintendo and Super Nintendo, and we're now seeing this shift towards N64. Okay. Because as people grow older, you as people grow older, that nostalgia bug moves down and sure. hits a younger generation. I've talked about this a, a billion times on, on, on the podcast. That's a lot, a lot of time. Um, huh, yeah. 1,573. Um, easily. And it's, it's true, but I, I, I don't know if this year was the first, I mean, this wasn't certain, certainly wasn't the first year I noticed it. I don't know if it's just area or, or what. Um, I remember there was, I think it was two years ago. We had a call in like September and it was like, ridiculous we were laughing because we had like 84 and 64s in back stock sure i was like should we you know i don't know pay a little less stop taking them in drop the price what do you want to do and he's like mm, we're good and we sold out of them two weeks into december and we couldn't get any more this year. no that, that was oh, that, that, that was so, that you year. had dozens and dozens we had dozens and dozens and they oh. were all gone within a a one month period between, and this includes trade in since then. Like I said, we were, I was concerned about a back stock of N64s. Treg's like, no, they're all going to go this year. And that was three years ago. And every, every year since then, we sell out of N64s and we get them back. But what I kind of wanted to point out was two things. It's not just N64s, <laughs> just because I feel like you know, it's not an insult. Um, but it's just, I feel like the article is maybe a, a year too late. Um, GameCubes have done the same thing for us. Like we sold out of GameCubes too. That was kind of the, the situation this year that the N64s were like two years ago where we were like, Jesus Christ, we have so many GameCubes. This is ridiculous. I, we probably don't have a GameCube at either location right now. So let me just paraphrase a couple of these, uh, paragraphs here, paraphrase some paragraphs. Uh, so sellers of vintage gaming hardware said they noticed a, a boom in Nintendo 64 this holiday season, a shift away from previous generations. Uh, store owners, online sellers, and repairmen on interviews say that in the months leading to Christmas, Nintendo 64s were hot commodities, especially among 25 to 30-year-olds, which makes sense because if you grew up with an N64, you're probably around five if you were that young to play in 96 about, so you'd be 25 to 30 by now. Like That's yeah. that's when the nostalgia bug kicks in. That's, five to 10, that's 25 when, to 30. That's when I started to get a chunk of my NES collection was mid twenties. It jumped up. I was collecting since I was 18, but that's when, okay, now you got your job. You have an expendable income. You don't have a family yet. 
Lots of money to spend on shit. Let's go get crap we got when I was five. That's how the nostalgia bug usually works. Plus, they're fun to play. Some some games on N64 are fun to play. We'll get into that. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll touch so, on that too. Uh, Daniel Mastin from Video Games New York. This is not plugging, but I think they have my book there, a couple of copies. We easily sold over 100, uh, he says. He stood in front of a glass showcase stacked with uh, Japanese Famicom cartridges and neatly arranged Game Boy color boxes. So, it's interesting. Yeah, Nintendo 64s are one of those things, like like he said. Um, you could kind of have an infinite supply of them. And up until maybe, you know, four days before Christmas, decide, okay, then this is how many I want leading into the final day. Until now. And, and just okay. sell them. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you could just, I mean, you could just I mean, move them. And we're at the weird state where we still don't have the, you know, we don't have the clones yet for N64. We're still not there yet. Because, we're not nearly there. Because of the, yeah, I yeah. guess because of the patent, first and foremost. Well, But also the emulation. Yeah, emulation. yeah, I don't think the emulation's there yet. But the not, not for a consumer product. I think the patent still might exist on it. Uh, maybe. I got to see when patents were. Was it 17 years or 20? I forget. I don't but know. Wouldn't that give the EverDrive issues? No, the EverDrive would be fine if it's if it's literally a clone. It's using. Oh right, you know. okay. I'm sorry. But anyway, so the whole point is that um, this used to be the N64 used to be probably the Wii. It's probably what the Wii is now, like the cheapest, besides the PlayStation One, which is trash when you find it used. The cheapest console you'd see at the flea market up to like I'd say even three four years ago, ten dollars with no controller. Like sure. All day every day, people would have like a stack of them. And they couldn't sell them unless they had the jumper pack in it, the RAM pack in the front of it. And even then, it'd be like, okay, whatever. You used to, you used to find them all the time. Like, absolutely. Like, more so than Super Nintendo was always, like, the most coveted in, in NES. You just find tons of N64s. How do you think we ended up with, like, like I said, like, 84? It's like a yeah. number that's just sticking Now you wish you head. had more. Yeah. You wish yeah. you never stopped buying them. Mm-hmm. Well, point. no, we did. We kept buying them, but I'm just saying, like, you thought you'd I'm never like, them. oh, my God. And then, boom, one Christmas out. And then every year since. But boom, the, inter- out, the interesting out. thing, though, is that if you probably talk to these people that are going back and buying them, I'd say 80% of them probably want the same four to seven games, you know, for the console. No, it's true. and But that's... That's a knock against the system, and it's a, it's a it's a testament to Nintendo's design quality. Oh sure, um, and it's not all Nintendo. I mean, people want GoldenEye or Banjo, so it's not all Nintendo well, first yeah, party games. I mean, it's it's really it's it's a lot of rare fans as well. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, two things they mention is you know uh, it, recent, but I have found since I have worked there, which has been since I don't fucking know what two thousand six. Um, Nintendo 64, as much as I don't care for the system, I admire it because it's never really not been popular. People love the Nintendo 64. The people who fucking love it, love it. And I get it tangentially or or adjacently because it's, it has that multiplayer experience and they kind of mention it down here. Um, and that is being one of the reasons it. Um, has that appeal because even though yeah you got to buy two you know three extra controllers, it was one of the first systems to really, <coughs> really support four players. Mm-hmm. So even if you buy an N sixty four and you only ever buy five games for it, it's something that you and your friends will yeah. use. Um, get a Mario Party, get a Mario Kart, you're set. Golden Eye, right? Exactly. So once again. I didn't like it at the time, and I don't own one now, and I don't love the collection, but 
if you look at it as something different than a console, as like a party toy or a party device or a party console or some sort of party game, yeah. Once again, Nintendo kind of wins here. Of course, that was a saving grace. I mean, when you when I think back at my fond N sixty four gaming memories, it's almost always with the group playing. It's not by myself. How did I get? I just praised the N sixty four. Yeah, Jesus, this is a new year for sure. Holy shit! Let's, I want to hit on this last <laughs> this last paragraph. Sources I've interviewed. This is a silly the Nost. Anastio. Sources I, I interviewed say that the original PlayStation isn't seeing the same renaissance. The reason is twofold, they say. First, the N64 appears to be more durable and requires minimal work to refurbish, unlike the yes. CD-ROM PlayStation and its easily scratched disc. Also, what millennial buyers are nostalgic for is the Nintendo 64's local multiplayer experience. Mario Kart 64 smash Mario Party. Yes, as well. Um, but one thing that I would um, also point out that I think a lot of people miss when they report on that is that People buy PS2s a lot, and a lot of people who buy PS2s for me uh, these days also buy PlayStation 1 games. So for the past, some some people do want actual PlayStation 1s, but it's not a lack of nostalgia for PlayStation 1 games. Those sell for us. It's that people would opt to... For as little as a PlayStation 1 is worth, no one wants to sell it, so we never have them. No one wants to sell them because they already tossed them, you think? No, they just don't want to sell them to us because, I mean, like, if I'm going to charge, like, 20 bucks for a PlayStation, I'm not going to pay much more than 5 or 6 for it sure. in cash. And a $20 PlayStation might sit on the shelf. Yeah, or 10 time. or 12 you know, but, and, and, and then, yeah, I mean, someone will buy it, but most people are just going to buy the PlayStation 2 that can do two systems. It's like people who are looking between a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy Advance SP. They're gonna, or they're gonna take the one that does more. Was the Slim also backwards compatible? Yeah, it was. Okay, so then there's no issue. You can buy any version of it. Yeah. So PlayStation. Car. I mean, yeah, PlayStation ones definitely don't move that. I mean, they move, but they're only gonna move at that cheap price point. The N64 goes for a bit now, and so what, it's 80s, crazy. Seventy. Yeah, 70 to 80. Because you have a controller, first part. The first party controllers are worth like 20, 25 right. now. Well, that's exactly Depending on the it. color more, yeah. It, like, we only pack, like, for, for instance, us, we only pack them with, like, the really nice first party controllers. If we run out of the first party controllers, we don't sell them. And people get mad that we don't sell extra first party controllers, but it's like, well, if you, you have to buy, keep them. If you buy a system from us, you're going to get a nice one. What if you get, like, a, a rare color and you don't bundle it with the system, you just hold on to it? Like, if it, like a, a purple grape or the orange or whatever? Um, or we sometimes hold on to it to see if we can get that... Get the system. Get that system in. Sure. Get that get that banana. Control. Or, every once in a while, Treg and Treg will get crazy and, like, bundle those all, all those up at, during a sale and make, like, a first-party controller table with all oh. the different colors. Wow. And just sell them off. Oh. And honestly, those go faster than games when he does that. This portion of the CD Podcast brought to you by Luna Video Games. Two locations, one in Chula Vista, one in Elko. <laughs> Shop today. And they used to have a certain NES guidebook. they got to reorder it for me. We'll talk about that later. All right, All right. we need to do that. A- anything else going on with this topic? It's a great, I think it's a pretty good article. It's, it is. I think it's I nice. I talk and shop. When you talk about nostalgia, literally, when we talk about nostalgia for the systems, it's usually 20 years after the system release, releases. It gets really hot. That's usually the timeline. Going back to Atari, Atari collecting got really hot in the early to mid-90s. Nintendo, NES started getting big in uh, the mid-2000s. Just kind of how it works. You get older, you grow up, you want to go back to you got what you were five when you finally got money and a job. You know, Other trends this year were like Dreamcast, people seemed extra interested in again. 
black and white Game Boy people seemed interested in again for retro systems. Um, there's like zero regular DS interest. It was an interesting Christmas. No fatty DS interest. Yeah, like, like there wasn't when it came out. <laughs> the no, no, I'm, I just mean like original DS games finally. Seem original to taper DS off. games. Oh. Yeah, people are definitely more looking for like 3DS and stuff like that. Interesting. All right, well the. Here's to you, N64. You, you, let, you somehow had to even compliment you. I, I actually complimented you, 64. All right, next will be the Super Nintendo. Uh, Ian, the... Uh... <laughs> uh, all right. Can't take you seriously. You don't like the Super Nintendo. The World Health Organization <laughs> has added um, a diagnosis for gaming disorder. Um finally maybe it's overdue to some so what's interesting about this is that you look at the hub thing post article they say it trivializes mental illness because yeah it couples what could be just some sort of ocd behavior with something specific like <clears throat> video games instead of just saying well in general you might have just ocd or something else so why why marry it with video games i don't i mean do I want to jump into the heart of my argument right now? Because you just you gave me the opening. Yeah. I don't like this at all because video games are not inherently bad. This is not inherently something that's going to kill you. This is something that they talk about uh, within the article. Um, a video game can be a good emotional escape. A video game can be um, a lot of different things. Uh it, 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 it's a hobby like many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be behavioral reasons underlying why perhaps someone is playing too many video games or perhaps why someone would run too much or why someone would have sex too much. But these things are not comparable to drug addiction sure. or or things of that nature. I, I think it's dangerous to take things like video game addiction and separate it out of a well, spectrum well, okay. of yeah. behavioral of behavioral addictions because that can lead to politization of the issue. Okay, well let's let's there's also okay, we'll not to get into that. There's the DSM which is the, yes. this Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. There's the, up to five now. Fifth version of that. So that's how, usually in the U.S., that's how you base your disorders. And even in Europe, I think most of the world uses DSM-5. Yes. So I'm not sure if it's going to be put in there at some point. But that has stuff like sex addiction in there and you know, substance abuse is in there and stuff. So for that, it wouldn't be that far off of, okay, you would add it to that. Let's just – this is how the World Health Organization – uh, describes this condition as a, um, let's see, for mental health. It says, the, the behavior pattern is of sufficient severity to result in significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. The pattern of gaming behavior may be continuous or episodic and recurrent. The gaming behavior and other features are normally evident over a period of at least 12 months in order for a diagnosis to be assigned. Although the required duration may be shortened if all diagnostic requirements are met and symptoms are severe. Okay. Going back to things you said, running, sex, video games, uh, watching TV, 
any behavior turns to be a, a problem if it interferes in some of the aspects of life that are listed here. Family life suffers, uh, uh, occupation suffers, personal life suffers. You stop talking to your friends if you're doing something too much. That can be, be applied to anything. Sure. There's, there's no reason why you can't apply it to video gaming if you can apply it to to sex addiction or anything else. Drug abuse. Obviously, one activity inherently it can be harmful uh, doing uh, recreational drugs, depending upon the drug, versus video games, which inherently is okay as long as you don't overdo it. Or play something really weird and bizarre. But anyway, no. So, I don't have an issue with it. It's just the application of it. Like you said, if someone has an issue where they're playing too many games, it's not necessarily the video games that caused it. Even though there are some games that have built-in ways of getting you to continue playing longer than a normal game. That's a whole other conversation. Um, you know. right, so we're agreeing to disagree at certain points here. Uh, I, I just feel that... I, I feel like it's collective. I, I feel like in a lot of instances here, many of these things can be grouped into their own category. And by giving each thing a name you run into instances where people can use that for to mar video games as being bad on it on the surface. Yeah. I mean, or, or any other type oh. of certain, you know, thing but, like that. By the way, there is a video game addiction in DSM five. I just looked it up. It's internet gaming disorder. Yeah. No, they talk about that up, up, up further, okay, which is also, know. which has also been ridiculed. Yeah, sure. Mm. But like anything else, you can get addicted to anything though. I just think, unless I think they they, they like. I think it. it's a, I think it's a broader type of addiction. That's what I, that's my argument is that I, I I feel like it's a broader type of personality. Maybe I don't know. Sure, you can be if video games didn't addict. Uh, if video games didn't exist, you can argue that persons could be susceptible to being addicted to something else. Yeah, it's just what is it going to be? What's going to fill that void? When it comes to substance abuse, a lot of people when they quit one drug, they go to something else. They, yes. qu- they quit heroin, they go to cigarettes. They quit drinking, they go to something. That's that's inherent in our personality. If people quit gambling, they they fill it with something else. I mean, people people are not robots. We're fucked up sometimes. Oh, we sure are. <laughs> that's where we're gonna leave that one. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> we're not. We're imperfect. This is an interesting piece of web culture. So, cars against. Humanity. Cards. What did I say? Cards. It sounded like cars. Carbs? Carbs. Cars. 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 <laughs> well, carbs are... I mean, all of these things are against humanity. It can't so, Cards whatever. Against Humanity did a Black Friday sale to protest it. They sold literal bullshit in a box for $6 and shipped it to you. Which is... Hilarious. Founder Max Temkin tweeted, if you buy the poop expecting it to be something else that's not poop, you're actually buying a valuable life lesson for $6. <laughs> I think that's fucking hysterical. I think it is too. I um, like it when they do, when 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 companies do these sorts of things. Uh, I never heard of another one like this extreme. I, I, not, not this extreme, but there are instances of this where it's like, you know, pet rocks or things like that where like okay you're really just buying a rock um but that was big in the 80s pet rocks supposedly as a joke against against commercial uh consumerism i guess yeah well here's another one <laughs> but here here's the thing ian they sold out all thirty thousand boxes, boxes. 
And now there are videos of people who are surprised that they actually got shit, even though they were told that they were going to get actual shit. So someone, there's one video of someone actually going through it with their hands to search oh, for something inside, yeah. thinking that this was a joke, that there was something in the shit. And how quickly... You must know almost instantly that it's actual shit and not like Play-Doh or something due to the smell and the texture. Shit has a certain feel to it, probably. And here goes our monetization, as they, they were saying shit a lot. Say, you know, how do you know that shit has what a What feels feel? like crap, you think? I don't know. I have no basis for comparison. Not making meatballs and going <laughs> kneading your fingers through. <laughs> like, no. I'm sure it feels better. <laughs> it, it smells like crap, probably. <laughs> So they sold out. They're on eBay now for like thirty bucks. Buy it now. One has it open. You can see that. You can see the crap, and they use actual crap. So they found a supplier to get thirty thousand boxes of crap of, of literal bullshit. <laughs> so people were upset. They're like, "Well, you're making money off this." Well, six dollars if that included the shipping. They're not really making that much. So they said they donated all the proceeds, which did not end up being that much to a charity. I, they didn't make that much from selling out thirty thousand at six dollars. Uh, it's like a fucking dried nugget of bullshit. It's all fucking like hay and stuff, anyways. Okay, so so and they updated the boxes cost five eighty to produce yeah. a meal. So they made twenty cents off of all of them, and all of that went to charity. So it's all go to charity. So it's it's funny. I, I, I mean, it's funny as hell. I mean, we should do a CU podcast one next time. I don't know what we can sell, though. Like, the, I still want to do a CU podcast box, like, just once. Just once? Can we get enough people just so we can mail out a hundred of them, you think? I don't know. The, the, the CU podcast crate? There's <laughs> something there, right? What would, you, what would you put in there, Ian, this CU podcast Oh, crate? just some stuff. Just, 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 just random shit? Just some stuff. I got tons of shit later on. I just moved. I had a... Trust me, after my move, I have tons of shit I can give away. Maybe. Video game and otherwise. Maybe we can a do that. Drawing of a bird. I don't know. <laughs> drawing uh, of a bird? You're going gonna to Xerox it or do one for each person that wants it? I'm just going to draw a bird for each and every person. Are you a good bird artist? No. No, I'm not. But, uh, but for yeah. an extra Mahjong game every now and then, toss one in. Yeah, maybe if I've got some extras, you know, those can be the mega boxes. <laughs> Make a box. Y'all let us know how you feel about a CU pod Podcast, box. P- CU pod box? <laughs> CU pod box. I have a lot of crap to give away. I'll I draw got, awful birds. I got a lot of t-shirts laying around. May or may not be warm, but I'll wash them. I'll throw a t-shirt or some of them. <laughs> oh, that is gross, Pat. They're washed. Not this nice spy hunter shirt, but they're washed. If anyone wants to wear Pat's skin, this is the closest you'll get. So what does it say, though, about the people that were... D- dumb enough or to order this to think that it would be something different is a joke on them is it a life lesson like they said i think i think a lot of people were probably in the know uh probably expected that it was literal it. bullshit yes i mean they probably know this company they probably know what this company is for <laughs> the unboxing the unboxing got 2.8 million views for something like 6000 6, subscribers we're in the wrong business we yeah. just we got to get on top of this stuff just shit in boxes um, <laughs> just, no, not shit boxes. Unbox oh, it. <laughs> unbox the shit. That'll be our. our what if box. I shit in a box? Send it to you, and you unbox it. I'm like, it's a cake, and you're like, said, oh, it's a cake. Box made in China, poop made in America. Oh, there you go. Buy half American. All right. Um, yeah, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> poop. Oh no, I think I think a lot of the people who bought it were probably very much believing that they would get a box of bullshit. So they were happy. Then they can just they can mark six bucks. It's a joke. They probably leave it sealed. Sealed. 
Sealed bullshit. All right, we're running out of steam on this topic. Let's go. Steamy, steamy bullshit. Let's move. Ian, let's talk about Troll. Blue Apron. Blue Apron, proud oh, sponsor of the CU podcast. Yeah, Blue Apron. For eight weeks, Blue Apron is teaming with Whole30 to bring you delicious recipes. The menu will feature two Whole30 approved recipes each week, like Mexican spiced barramundi with avocado, Togarashi chicken lettuce cups with avocado. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, and does. kale and sweet potato salad. I want that. Kickstart your new year with Blue Apron and Whole30. So Blue Apron is convenient recipes and ingredients delivered right to your door. Fresh, locally sourced. You love it. You cook with Vani. We just did one the other night. We did uh, shrimp and uh, kale with like a, a butter sauce. It was super freaking good. Um, and there was like uh, sweet potatoes on the side. It was fantastic. Um, I'm glad to see that there's more kale stuff coming up. <laughs> you got the I, kale kick? Well, here's the thing. I've always loved kale. You were before, before the trend. Yeah, because I feel I, like it's falling off. I was a weird restaurant worker, and I yeah. used to walk in. I'd be like, "Oh, kale, this looks interesting." I'm like, "Oh, this is bitter and meaty. I kind of like it." Meaty? Kale is meaty. How's it meaty? Oh, pick up a raw piece of kale and eat it. It's meaty. Anyways, thank you, Blue Apron, for sending out the meatiest of greens and uh, for sponsoring <laughs> the completely unnecessary podcast. So Blue we a- have a uh, code. We do, Ian. We do. Well, it's a new year. Ian remembers the code. You go to. <laughs> I remember we have a code. Go to blueapron.com slash CU podcast and listeners will get their first three meals. Um, $30 value with your first order. There you go. You'll save $30. There it is. Three meals. So check out this week's menu. They usually offer uh, 12 new recipes each week. You can get four, uh, was it two four person meals or three. Three two-person meals. Each yeah, week. but you can you can switch out. You don't have to get it each week. You can delay it. I was actually checking the website this morning, and there was some interesting stuff coming up. So, so again, check out this week's menu. Get your thirty dollars off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash cu podcast, and check out the whole the whole thirty initiative right now. Thanks for being a sponsor. We have a scumbag scumbag seller of seller the of week week week. 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 The years go by, but one thing remains constant in our lives. It's those out there trying to manipulate the retro game market with sham counterfeit video games. Sham. This is seller. Just trying to feed my kids. (laughs) I got kids. Like Heath Slater. So, Ian, what does this seller have for sale? Uh... Just a just a shitload of bootlegs at nine ninety nine. <laughs> so he got the AliExpress uh, wholesale special. Probably got these probably four dollars each, and is trying to double his money at least out of Australia. Yes, out of Australia. Um, it, it's uh, most experts. Yeah, it, it's just product descriptions. Um, so it's. It, I'm trying to see. What are they he, selling? If, there, they're selling like Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario All-Stars, Mario World, Earthbound, Turtles in Time. No, nothing anywhere says it's a replica. Nope. It just says down at the bottom. Reproduction instead of counterfeit. Just says, like, for the Zelda one, it just says Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, and SNES, NTSC, North America region format. Um, but Contra 3, any questions, please ask me. I will answer. Any problems, just ask. NTSC, North America region. All the art is uh, thrown into the same template maker. Which is, uh, which means like the Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy Kong's Quest looks 
uh, horribly fake, like, just immediately when you look at it. Did you see the, con- the Contra 3 label? You can see, like, the white line in the bottom where it was, like, offset uh, incorrectly or not applied. It just, it's just not – they look like shit. Like, I, I must have missed that one, but, I mean, you know, we've all had a good time here looking at these pictures. <laughs> the Harvest Moon looks like it was dragged through mud and applied. The colors are awful on it, if you see it. All right, I'm looking. I'm, I'm, I'm look, look at the Harvest Moon when you get a chance. Look at, look, it, I mean, they're just, they're terrible uh, looking. So, oh, no, the Harvest Moon one's great. It's one of the best ones. I don't even like. It looks like the printer ran out of ink on the final line of grass. If it's printing downwards, like what the fuck? That, that the colors are wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. Wrong. Wrong on that. Oh, also, I like how um, if you look at the Harvest Moon, <laughs> look at the security bits. Oh, okay. They're gray plastic. Oh, I didn't see. Are they actually plastic? Well, they look like plastic. They're definitely gray. That's what that's the passing the savings on to you by not having <laughs> metal screws. You know, yeah. <laughs> so don't even bother opening it up. Well, of course, most of the people that are buying these either don't realize or don't care. No, some of the feedback's funny though. Uh, for the Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, good, probably a replica. But I just want to play the game. Uh, thank you, thank you. Good seller and item, but that's a neutral feedback. Excellent reproduction card, so they realized it. Works good, though it's a fake copy of the game and can't save the game. Then it doesn't work good <laughs> then. So you're basically saying this has does have a, a, an actual battery save inside of it. Yeah, wasn't there a Mario All-Stars one? We, that was we, it. We, oh, okay, yeah. Fake cart, someone said. Uh, here's a negative. Do not buy from this seller. The games he's selling are reproduction knockoffs. So m- the majority of people looking real quickly for Christmas probably don't realize this when they're just saying, oh... My my twenty year old son wants to play Donkey Kong Country again. I'll just buy a ten dollar one from Australia, which should be an indicator that something's off. Fellow has these so cheap that I mean, the people who just want a bootleg. I mean, it's almost like if you're gonna sell a bootleg, you gotta sell them that cheap. This is the guy who's doing it right. <laughs> they look like shit. They're cheap. They don't save. They look so like is- uh, right. Exactly. I. I mean, I would just be fine if he was like maybe a reproduction or not in the bottom. But just you know, say it though. But the fact that you launch this around the holiday season that puts you in the scumbag seller <laughs> category because otherwise you would kind of like. Well, I'm not saying he launched this, then, but this one has come to prominence. He probably sold a lot. Yeah. If you look at the past, look at it, if you look at the feedback history here, in the past month there's been feedback. There's been a hundred feedback in one month, and that's just feedback. That's not all he sold. So this guy's done well on on these counterfeits. Just trying to feed my kids. That's- you know, <laughs> you were almost a hero, but <laughs> instead, just another scumbag seller of the week. Should I put the echo in there too? Might be a little weak. Week, week. All right. Q and A time on the CU podcast. Oh yeah, moving right along. This is from at Tazuki three one one three. What do you guys think of the rumors of Vinnie Mac, Vince McMahon bringing back the XFL after starring a new company? That's Alpha uh, Productions. Will it bomb again, or is there a place for it with how people feel about the NFL? You're gonna stand. <laughs> You're gonna stand. I mean, that's kind of how I imagine it going. Is that how it came about? I I, I feel like, I, well, okay. I I mean, it obviously has come about from his 
impulsive, roid addicted. Um, so he sold a bunch of stock to fund this alpha yeah. company to do this again. They filed trademarks. Some people say just deploy to have another offering when they re up their cable deal in a year. Like, oh, we're going to do the XFL. It failed miserably the first time in 2001. It, only, it was only on for two seasons, and the second season was really even broadcast. I, I mean, I would love to believe that he uh, is doing it again because he's an awful man. Um, but, I mean, I just... Someone said it's called MAGA football, yeah. Yeah, basically is what I kind with, of with, expected. With awful talent, no passing game because all the best receivers and quarterbacks are going to go to the NFL. Well, it's not, so, it, the new XFL is not going to be football, really. It's oh. going. It's going to be four dimensional chess. Four chess. <laughs> it's going to be four dimensional chess <laughs> on a football field. On a football field. Um, no, this is dumb. Um, like I started it, and like you, you, uh, someone else eloquently put. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be MAGA ball, if anything. I think. I mean, the dudes. It's you going know, to be trash football. It's going to be trash. Not just on the – I'm talking about the actual talent on the field. Oh, yeah. I think maybe there was some players, like he hate me, made it to the NFL. Yeah. Only a handful of guys really transferred to the NFL from the XFL. So when you look at talent pools, um, you know, you have Canadian football, which is a notch below the NFL. Uh, Johnny Manziel is going to play in the CFL. Right. And that's a different league entirely. It's, it, it's, I call it the gimmick league because it's, it's different for the most part. There's only three downs, not four, stuff like that. It's a wider field. This is going to be what you saw 15 years ago, but spotlight with social media that these are not going to be fun games to watch. If you want to see a bunch of like 1960s running style attacks where it's like, oh, three-yard carries the whole game, okay, go for it. Sure. You're going to, you're going to have half-empty and empty stadiums. They can't fill NFL stadiums before the controversy with the anthem. They can't fill fucking Chargers games in L.A. You know, well, so and that's – Don't break – I don't want to break my nice headphones. Um that's what drives me nuts is that people really seem to forget that the NFL's ratings were falling long before anything got political. Sure. That's part of it. But it depends on the team, though, too. Like, ratings will always be high for some cities, no matter what. New York is always sure. going to be – the New York Giants games will be sold out in the next 30 years. That's just because that's the fan base. But if you go to somewhere else, like San Diego Chargers used to be, you could walk up and buy a ticket. I mean – Yeah, fair enough. Um, Rams get tossed around other cities, you know, here and there for the past 30 years, you know. So, it, I mean, I'm not as certain as other people are that this is what he's doing, but it would not surprise me with this man's hubris if he tried it again. And failed again with his own money this time instead of yeah. WWE's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'll be the saving grace. Right. I don't. Think, we don't need Jim Ross calling football games. I love Jim Ross. He does great in access calling New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't need him, him to try to call a football game. No. You know, I don't need Jesse the Body Ventura showing up or The Rock doing a halftime speech or whatever the fuck they did. I didn't watch one. I think I watched part of one one XFL game out of pure curiosity because the, the rules are ninety five percent the same. And in this day and age, you can't you can't go back to that. Oh, helmet the helmet hits. Okay, in the XFL that won't last. No. Take one dead guy in one lawsuit. That's over. Right. So you, you know? can't you can't brand it as being more extreme. This isn't going to be NFL blitz. Like you could just knock guys in the heads with forearms, which is what everyone expected the XFL to be. And it wasn't. It was just and a watered down. Failed. It was just a watered down temple. Oh, there's no fair catches. He put a halo around <laughs> the guy, so he has to take the catch. Oh, okay. That's really the change. Like that's the big change. Well, I think they also had instant replays or something. They might have done the two-point conversion before the NFL got it. 
Yeah, they might have brought that in. No, they they didn't do the two-point conversion before the NFL got it. What do they do? Uh, XFL rules. Differences. Let's see. Now now I'm curious. It wasn't that many. It really wasn't that that many. I, I don't even know what they were. They did a few rule changes. All right. No coin toss. That's right. They put the fucking players and they ran to get to the ball like it's fucking dodgeball. That was what they did in XFL. <sighs> Cute. Uh, returning teams must run kickoffs back out of the end zone. So you can't just down it at the 25. It used to be the 20, now it's 25. Right. Um, extra point will either be a pass or run only after a touchdown. The ball is on the two line. So there's no extra point attempt by the kicker. Right. Oh, okay. So you just you have to go for. So that's a... fucking high school rules. Yeah, they, they probably couldn't find po- you know place kickers that could do it. You know, um, receivers need only one foot inbounds for a pass. That's a college rule. Def- defensive players may use bump and run tactics on offensive players down the field. So that's how like it was in the seventies and eighties when like you could like maul wide receivers back. Then. Oh, okay, right, right. Uh, you can't do that anymore. Now you only have a few yards before you have to come off uh, the receiver. You can't smack them down the field for the balls run. Um, teams have 35 seconds to get a play off. Oh, oh, instead of 45. Oh, okay, or whatever. Fuck, so stupid. <laughs> Quarterbacks who can slide can be down just by contact and can't be hit. So that's, that's the same sort of thing now. Okay. They can't be hit still. So, no in the grasp rule. This is fucking stupid. This is Pat. fucking stupid. This is the dumbest Pat. shit I've ever heard. This is so stupid. Pat, headphones back on. Focus, baby. This is so fucking dumb. It is. Everything failed, is dumb. It failed miserably the first time. Everything's dumb. January second. I I got I uh, I gotta go back to Castle Country. I gotta go back and relax and convalesce. So this yeah. is this is not gonna fucking happen. This is gonna fail miserably. Well, I mean, it might happen, but it's just gonna be embarrassing. It's gonna be embarrassing. Okay. This is at Gamer Kratos. Do you think the microtransactions problem in modern gaming is pushing more people to prefer Indian retro games? Yeah, it's possible, um, but excuse me. I think it might be pushing more people to try those out. Um, but don't forget that indie and, uh, indie games, especially, also have um, plenty of DLC and, and microtransactions. Uh, you know, some of the biggest um, you know phone games and whatnot were were indie uh, and required you know they had microtransactions as well uh there's also deal i mean look at one of the biggest um indie hits like shovel knight shovel knight has a bunch of dlc packs and they've actually been really good about releasing them i think mostly for free but you know it's been re-released on multiple systems there are lots of way that indie games and um there's lots of ways that indie games will get you to buy buy into it more times without seeming like they do. Um, as far as retro games, sure, but I'm I'm not certain that it's even just microtransactions. I think it's how the game is played, um, and I've always said that there is something very appealing about retro games in terms of you can pick up and play. For the most part, you can play for 15 minutes. You can play for you know, um, five hours. And if it's a good game, you can have fun and just start or stop it whenever you want. Um, I, I, I do think perhaps burnout on the genre of modern games is also included, 
along with microtransactions and along with the more, I think, the feeling of incompleteness and the need to use microtransactions is might maybe what will push people back to retro games that were sold as complete products. Um, Have you had that experience with people walking in your store saying, I'm tired of AAA games with microtransactions, I want to buy an NES? Uh, people say that shit all the I mean, they say, I mean they not to me. I mean, I mean that would be a, a fairly contrived situation. You know what? I'm sick of the, the Battlefront 2 shit. Give me a Super Nintendo. Give me an NES. Stat. I'm done with micro. I mean, in, in reality, I mean, was, now that I say that, there have been some people who well, have been dramatic enough to be similar. Um, sure. But, but yeah, I mean, what I, I do hear, obviously people are coming into a retro shop to buy a retro system. If, if they know what they're walking into and this is what they're doing, that is a large part of a conversation that I am going to hear. I mean, it's not, it's not unlikely that I will hear that. Sure, but my, my my argument is is that they are totally disparate markets for the most part. I mean, modern gaming is like ninety eight percent of gaming, so I can't imagine a world where if you're sick of Battlefront two, you can't replicate that experience on retro yeah, games. No, it, so it's not you can't just if you want to play that sort of game, you're stuck with that sort of game and the bullshit that goes along with it for the most part. Right. I, I I'm not, and that's kind of my thing. I, I guess as well is when I talk about differences in styles of gameplay, mm-hmm. you know, pick up and play versus sink a bunch of time into it and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I, I would say more single player versus multiplayer going forward. Since triple A companies are abandoning a lot of single player stuff. Yeah. And it's not a lot of multiplayer only retro games out there. <laughs> those are, those well, are... I mean, there's a lot of multiplayer only retro styled games now, sure, but, but I mean, not, actual retro see what games. I'm saying yeah it's like it's a switch it's like oh I want to play a cool single player game I'm more likely to find that in a retro game versus modern not I mean there's still a lot of indie stuff out there that's issues multiplayer for single player because it's just cheaper to produce and it's easier to make you're very tired game. and you, you look like you're melting a little bit at the corner of your eyes I'm getting high. I'm I'm high so we should keep moving I'm just saying I was in the middle of a thought there, Ian. I know I look like fucking trash. You called me Gollum with, no, I with thought, a wig I thought before. No, I thought your thought was ending. Now it has, Ian. Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. By the end of this, we're going to be fighting. Oh, I, I oh we're, next topic we're going to be fighting. Thinking, Speaking of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to accept that I need to see those movies. 2018 <laughs> resolutions, gaming and otherwise. This is from... Our boy John Cellini. I like John. Well, Lee. Ian had a resolution for me. So usually the resolution the, the person thinks of, but Ian had a re- What's your resolution for me, Ian? Pat's I- talking like a drunk. No, I'm not talking like a drunk. I feel like fucking shit, but yeah. okay. <laughs> well, what's, your, what's your resolution for me? I suggested that Pat play enough of at least three games so that he can order them one, two, three, so that we can have a best of the year conversation. Modern games, you said. Modern. Yeah. I actually, I actually played 20-something hours of Breath of the Wild. Yep. I played about 15, 12 hours of, of Odyssey, Mario Odyssey. And I tried playing Friday the 13th, but I couldn't get into a game. And then I was pissed that I couldn't map my fucking keys. Two games. Because it's 1987, I couldn't map my keys. So I never ended up playing Friday the 13th. But I will this year. We can do it. We can do, a, we can do like a, maybe a CU podcast uh, Friday the 13th game. Okay. So that's so Ian thinks I got to play more modern games. I fucking agree. I got to I got to have fun. I need to go to the beach 
a mile away and hang out and and, and, and get Melanoma. Yeah, nude. Why not? Let's get. Let's just let's get go nude. Go to Black's Beach. No, just go to Black's Beach. Oh, there's nudity there. Black. You don't. How long, how long have you lived in California? I don't know every beach. I know there's no, a seal beach. No, I mean you should know that Black's Beach is the the it's the nude beach here. Have you been? No. Okay. Ian's resolution is to maybe know the advertisers before the podcast. I know but, the advertisers. But Ian has to see the new movies. When they come out, the big ones, I say four years, so that when I talk about Last Jedi, the biggest release of the year, Ian has to leave the fucking room. So so it's just me talking about it. Okay. See, Ian's requires two hours of work and $12 to $15. Mine costs $60 and probably 25 to 30 hours of work per. So I think he's getting the bargain here. I don't know what you guys think, but that's what I think. I think we are mostly looked at as a video game podcast. No, because that's not the description says on iTunes. <laughs> what, okay, so life-wise, what are your resolutions for 2018? Life-wise. Uh, spend less, see more California. Spend less money? Yeah, spend less money, see more Spend it too much of that CU podcast cash? Nah, I just don't need as much shit. Well, I just, I, I'm right with you. I just, I just moved, and this is shocking. I, I, I said it before, I'm going to have a, holy shit, I have too much stuff. My collection has to be pared down by, I'd say, half. Yeah, half my collection has to go. Half of it. It's not even overspending that made me realize it. It was just like the. It's not overspending me either at this point. It was just the extreme. Extreme. Well, no, the health insurance that I bought last year with the GoFundMe was insanely expensive, and it ended up wiping out most of that. So it was just like. I bought within reason, but still it was just like, I don't know, money became a stressor and I didn't, I don't want money to be a stressor anymore. So I just figured, um, I watch a lot of Huel Hauser. Like I said, you've met Huel Hauser. Huel Hauser gives my buddy John and I ideas for road trips all the time. Road trips are tri- cheap, you know? Uh, it depends on what, I mean, depends where you're Oh, no, John and I make them cheap. It's like taquitos and water. Um, <laughs> you gonna get rid of an RV? Um, no. RV of love? Going no, around? We should. But, no, honestly, my I mean, that's literally, I, I don't make resolutions, but the other day I was just like, uh, going forward, I just, I do, I want to see more California, like, weird stuff. I want to see the national parks, the lesser known ones. So you need to take a, take a few weeks this year. Yeah. Here and there. Yeah, I need to go see some nature. <laughs> I, I spent most of this year in the house, and I need to get out of the fucking house. Oh, well, your tummy, you know, issues. Yeah, and it still sucks, but, you know, I've learned that if I get ripped enough, I can go do it, so I'm just going to go do it. So that's your resolution. See nature. i got to get out more. I want to go to a national park. That would be good. Uh, I'm going to try to come with us on a close one. On a close one? I'll go to Joshua Tree or something. We uh, we did Matchstick National Park, and that was fucking cool as Who's shit. That? Matchstick. Oh, you should look it up. It's awesome. I don't have the Google to do that right now. Okay. Um, I'm I'm going to try to work more efficiently this year and smarter and not burn both candles as much. So, you know, I'm working a lot of stuff, but no, I'm, I'm feel, I feel like trash a lot. And uh, that's not good. So, no. no, it's not. <laughs> I, need my, I need my patty boy healthy. Healthy and happy. Uh, <laughs> why is it? <laughs> you won't be able to afford the afford the trips. No, but, uh, I mean, we're, but we're gonna have a fun. I want to. I tell you what, 
it, it, I, I will play video games more for pleasure, modern and retro. I, I got to do a new book. I'll be playing Super Nintendo games. I want to go on Twitch. I think Twitch would be fun. I think I'm more made for Twitch. I think both you and I could have fun on Twitch, whether together or apart. I think that might be more our speeds once we get versus the Let's Play because the Let's Play fell flat because you, you were hurt. It's when you first got hurt, so that never. Got I don't right. think Let's Play is the format for us. I think just, just live. live. Do it live. Fuck do it live. Okay, so that's what we're gonna do. Do it you're, live. You're gonna come over and play some. We're games gonna do it live in, in Castle Country. In we're Castle Country. It's nice. You, you, it, it looks. It's a fucking disaster right now. Moving, moving with the amount of stuff I have. It was easier, Ian. It was ten times easier to move from New Jersey to fucking California. I'm not even kidding. It was less stressful. It was easier. I have too much shit. I might do a gigantic. You know what you should do? I might have a mental no. breakdown yard sale. Don't. Well, uh, yes, do. <laughs> I might do that. Do that. Do that but also. Video games and consoles by the go pounds. Go home. Because you've called it Castle Country. I want you to go home, and I want you to watch the Huel Hauser episode, Glendora Castle. Where's, what's that about? Oh, you just need to watch it. If I told you, it wouldn't be in the Huel Hauser spirit. At Angry Gamer 1987, what is the best way to deal with toxic fan communities <laughs> and entitled <laughs> fandoms, particularly if it's a fandom you enjoy? Um... I say this seriously, uh, with no no snark, no snideness. The easiest way for me to deal with it is I've just never really engaged in a in a fandom, um, as it's referred to here. Uh, knowing people who are fans of things that you enjoy is great, but it's excellent when they're people that you know and that you're friends with because then you can have differing opinions and you can talk about it and have intelligent conversations about these sorts of things and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're also just free to enjoy what you enjoy on your own. I find the idea of communally, communal, 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 communally, communally enjoying something together and a group that big as a mind hive to be very bizarre because people start telling you how do you enjoy something and then people break off into factions of how they enjoy something and it's it's idiotic. I know people who love Evangelion as much as I do, but they love it for different reasons than I do. But you know what? If I see a person with an Evangelion t-shirt on, I'm going to give them a high five. I'm just going to keep walking. And it's like I don't, I don't have to fucking sit down and chop it up with them over a sandwich and, you know, find out what they, they think about it. Um, you, you don't have to engage with a community of people who watch something or enjoy reading something or playing something to enjoy that work. If you want to, you can, but only dip your toes in as far as you want. And if you are at the point where you have to deal with a toxic fan community then step out of it the thing that you love is still there and get you know get out of the toxicness before it it taints the you know the art that you enjoy now i would go a little philosophical is the fan base toxic because the content is toxic that's a question you don't have to ask yourself doesn't mean you can't enjoy it but maybe it seeps in at some point it's like you know, 
maybe this person isn't the best person to follow. Maybe, you know, or maybe this, this content <laughs> is, is, is awful. I'm just, I'm not laughing. I'm not referencing anyone in particular, but you know, maybe there's a certain message that gets put out by someone. And then the, the fan base is utter shit, you know, following that person or persons, you know, going back to like, you know, uh, the top of it with Logan Paul. Yeah. You know, like, maybe it's not a good fan base to begin with. Then again, those are teeny bobbers doesn't count. But you see what I'm saying, though? Um, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> so, I I don't know. That's the other question. It's, it's hard to separate sometimes if the, the, the fandom is a certain way. And then the content creator feeds into it like a, like a cycle, like a loop. And then after a few years, you know, you find yourself... You know, on the, on the outs with other people, and you know, you're, you you haven't developed as a person or as a content creator. What are you, what, what, what are you doing? Here? I'm just trying to make you laugh with mouthed out words. I don't know. Yeah, I might have to, I might have to mute some of this. Yeah, maybe. Running off the, running off the, running off the rails. Oh, here. we are going off the rails. Right off the rails on a crazy train. <laughs> anyway. So I just you know I feel bad when people say shit about you and people, other people don't do anything about it even though they're talentless fucking hacks. But they're <laughs> like, hey, I can make money off of this, so I'm gonna keep this person on. I'm gonna make sure to. Never mind. So happy New Year, everyone. I'm pretty sure that's the end of the Q and A. He's gonna be my enforcer for 2000. <laughs> Welcome to 2018, bitches. He's become the protective uncle. I didn't know I needed. I'm firing from two <laughs> barrels. I only got one gun. Should, should, one penis. Should I be more angry in 2018? Or should I be calm? No, just let me be angry. <laughs> you were always angry. Yeah. Well, I'll be more angry and you can be calmer. <laughs> be a trade-off. Yeah. All right. That's it for this CU podcast for, uh, what the fuck is it? January 2nd, 2018. I'm a shell of my a former self. Uh, we have a we have a Patreon. Though. We do, and this actually makes sense because I want to upgrade the studio. I'm already in debt because of it. But hey, if you want, I mean, this isn't a chill for that though. But hey, whatever whatever you can do helps. Oh, a man of minor means I didn't get to work most of last year. So uh, Patreon. <laughs> this is uh, dot com slash cu podcast. <laughs> Keep me going. <laughs> this is work, asshole. Yeah, I mean, I know. I know it is. I'm saying I'm, I couldn't work send, as much. I'm sending you a 10.99 for God's sake. So anyway, I hate that piece of paper. <laughs> hey, hey, it's it's means hey, money. money, paper, taxes. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Patreon.com/slash/podcast. <laughs> Best podcast ever. If you want to follow us, uh, Twitter. He's Pixel Sickle. I'm Pat. I'm Pat the NES Punk on there. Again, I'll be SoCal Retro Gaming Expo January 20th and 21st. Use code CU Podcast. I might be there, too. I forgot to tell you. Ian might be there on a Saturday. You did tell me we can't ask you as a guest, though, if you don't know you're coming until the week up. But, hey, we might do... Oh, I might be there on a Sunday, too. Oh, I just well, can't go me, Friday. Well, you never said that. You just said I'm going to go no, on a Saturday I just, I for just, one day. I just, I, we'll figure it out. Maybe I'm well, there. Maybe I'm maybe not. Maybe we can get T-shirts printed for, for that if you give me enough <laughs> heads up. <laughs> I'll find out soon. You son of a... I just found out yesterday that I might have the opportunity. I'm going to fucking punch Ian. That's new year, like. new podcast. Uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, goodbye. I owe Ian a punch in the stomach from two years ago. I never t- got. I never took him up on that. Pretty sure you did. Nope, never did. Walking away from the table. This podcast <laughs> is over. All right, we'll see you next time. Ian is 
fucking high and going, and I'm I'm dead tired. But thanks so much for your support in 2017, and it will continue in 2018. Ian got me in trouble with this podcast, but that's why he's needed sometimes. I guess I don't know. Follow us, oh yeah, uh, iTunes and Podbean and all that. See you podcast. Thanks a lot.